What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. We dive into college football week zero and week one. We talk about the U.S. Open and Serena, Serena, Serena excuse me, Williams' dominance and her, her legacy along with Venus and along with the U.S. Open. And we also discuss the NFL and their opening kickoff weekend. So make sure you guys tune in to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Yo! Guess what today is? It is NFL Thursday. We got the NFL kicking off today with the Rams and Buffalo. If uh, if my uh, spidey senses are correct, Buffalo is kicking that ass. But nonetheless, it's it's a long season. It's a long game. I'm sure the score might be different by the time the show is over. But we here... We about to get started. Fellas, what's going on? Happy Thursday to everybody. What is good? What is good, my man? You're right. Fo- foosball is back. <laughs> Definitely back. Um, before we get started, I want to say happy birthday to my daughter, um, Chloe. She just turned seven, so I just want to say happy birthday to her. And I'm ready to get started to talk about sports. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. So where do we begin? It is it is now officially week one in the NFL, but do we want to begin with uh, week zero and week one in college football, just to kind of get that out of the way to officially cook off, kick off the fall and the football season? Uh, we had plenty of plenty of big games this past weekend over Labor Day, and we had some pretty decent games in uh, during week zero. So not to sit there and pinpoint any particular game or anything like that, but was there anything that kind of piqued your interest or was there anything that kind of shocked you guys as far as what you might have noticed during week week zero and week one of college football? Well, I don't know. Week zero is a new term for me, but I'll I'll go with the first full week of – Well, week zero was the – was the Northwestern um, Nebraska game that took place in Germany or Amsterdam, wherever that took place overseas. So that kicked okay. off like the big major game of the week and they had some lower level games that, that took place. Oh, well then that, then that didn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Other than Nebraska sucking. <laughs> it, it, it really didn't matter. Um I, I guess for me, I mean, you know, with all the, I guess with all the, you know, people happy that college football took an off, really, it was uh, Georgia thumping the hell out of Oregon. I mean, they beat their ass like they stole something serious. I mean, you would have thought they beat them for the national championship um, game, and Georgia just scored and scored and <laughs> scored. <laughs> And they probably ran them right out the right damn now. building. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that game was over midway of the first quarter. It, it, it was a wrap. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite an interesting. Uh, Bo Nix played horribly in his first game at quarterback for uh, for Oregon, which I didn't know he had. Which I didn't. I didn't know he had went to Oregon. No, he didn't. He played at Auburn. And transferred to Oregon in his last year to become the starter over there to only repeat the type of damn play he played when he was at Auburn. 
shitty. <laughs> but I think he initially started at uh, TCU. No, excuse me, uh, Baylor. And he was with Baylor when that whole uh, the whole uh, thingy took place with the old coach and uh, all the allegations and the rape and the, that culture. So he got out as soon as that, that that season and everything, and then he transferred to Auburn and started three years at Auburn. And then, because of the COVID season, transferred over to Oregon. Had a, you know had one year of eligibility left, and then it stuck up the place. Yeah. But, I thought he was. A, I thought he was in the NFL. <laughs> no, no, he was the. He's. I mean, he. I guess the one saving grace for him is that he plays in the Pac-12, and the talent level is no. It's not going to be nowhere near as great as it is in the SEC. But with that being said, if he had any aspirations of playing in the NFL, that damn sure didn't help him by playing as poorly as he did. Against uh, against Georgia, he needed to really come out there and show, at least offensively. He can't speak for the defense, but offensively, he needed to come out there and show that he can hang. And he really did not come out there and show anything other than Georgia just up and down the field. If I could use that Bugs Bunny, you know, baseball thing when they were just hitting the ball out the park, doing the conga line around the bases, <laughs> that's what they were doing—the conga line up and down the field in football. <laughs> But uh, it was a uh, it was a very interesting first week. Uh, West Virginia, obviously, you know I'm a homer. Uh, lost the pit. It was a good game. It, it was a very good game. Yeah. It was a very very good game. Uh, just some things didn't go WVU's way. We had the momentum, did a few things wrong, and it just ended up not being our our game. Rutgers pulled out a a, a nice win against Boston College. It wasn't the most effective game in the world. Y'all passing uh, efficiency is uh, crap. Y'all went through like four different quarterbacks, but y'all got the no W. Quarterback. Well, if you got four, you got none. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have none. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, still, you got the W. Hell, I would rather have the W and, four, and no quarterbacks than having a damn good quarterback like we do and got, this, and got the L. I guess against the arch rival, so you know. I guess it's uh, teach their own. So y'all yeah. got the W, and I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all probably get another win this weekend because y'all ain't playing nobody. Let's <laughs> 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 <Nice> hope. <laughs> yeah. Um. To, for me, um, one of the ones that I was playing, I wasn't playing close attention, but I was watching was the NC State East Carolina. I thought East Carolina was going to upset NC State. That last mm. game. Cause they they by all accounts they could have won that game and should have won that game to be honest. Um North Carolina State, even though they're a ranked team, they they didn't play like a ranked team at all. Um you would have thought that you know they weren't even ranked to begin with. So they got a lot of work to do. And also I mean kudos well, I wouldn't say kudos, but the Miami and Bethune Cookman game I saw, uh, that was just a spanking. Um, but I give Bethune Cookman a lot of credit. Um, they tried their best, but you know, with Miami, Florida playing the way that they are, they scored like seventy points. That was like a beatdown for all ages. Um, but ooh, I will ooh. say this: for, this right. you're touching on HBCUs. Uh, I just want to touch on um, on Jackson FAMU. State. No, no, not even Jackson State. I want to touch on FAMU. 
based on their scenario and their situation going into the game against North Carolina, where, it, you know, you thought it was eligibility or you thought it was grades that kept 20-something-odd players out of playing the game, and it surely wasn't. It was an administration. It was an administrative type of issue that FAMU was dealing with that kept those players out the game, and they still went into up to uh, the Chapel Hill, and they were in that game until the third quarter, and they gave a hell of a bigger. They gave a hell of an effort all the way into the third quarter that I thought they would, considering they were down to like damn near six offensive linemen. So I think FAMU. Now, if you want to talk on, you know, touch on Jackson State, and then they play FAMU too, and uh, Jackson State kicked that ass, but that's why they're not there. I'm talking about North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina went out there, and I don't know if North Carolina just got off to a bad start or they just underestimated what FAMU was going to bring to the table. But uh, North Carolina really needs to up their game if they think they're going to do anything in the ACC. And I'm not taking any shine away from Jackson State. By all means, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 going to make a prediction that within the next five ten years, HBCUs is going to be a lot more um, up there in regards to the NCAA college football rankings um, with everything that's happening. I would not be surprised if a lot of players right now that are being heavily recruited, like you said, Jackson State is just the start of things. But with FAMU and Bethune Cookman and some of these other HBCUs getting the attention that they deserve on the national side of things. Um, it's just going to increase the recruiting process a little bit more, uh, which is something that, you know, a lot of people are, are wanting to see. I wouldn't be surprised. That's what I would put it like that. I'm not making that type of prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised five or 10 years down the road where we'll see more HBCUs in the realm of where Jackson State is right now. I sincerely hope so, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> so so let me ask you this. I asked this question in the group, and I'm going to ask it again. We all know Jackson, you know, Dion is pulling a lot of big-time recruits, whether it be transfer or just straight out of high school. Um, they're pulling in top coaches. They're pulling in NFL coaches. They're pulling in guys who really want to come in there and give the effort and give these op- these guys the opportunity to make it to the next level. If Jackson State continues to to the, continues the upward trajectory within the MEAC and the SWAC, because I, I believe they're in the SWAC. Um, not one hundred percent sure if they're in the MEAC or the SWAC. I don't understand their divisions and their conferences, but they're in one of the two. Um, do you see my my question was, do you see Dion leaving Jackson State to go? coach at a bigger name school or do you see Dion staying at Jackson State and trying to see if he can elevate him into a, a group of five conference like the Sun Belt or Conference USA or something like that to then get more money pumped into the university to play bigger uh, bigger time college football and possibly other sports down the road and then if you could see that then how do you project other HBCUs, if they tend to get the right coach and they continue that upward trajectory as well, I'm hoping the I'm hoping the latter. Um, but um, I guess it, it all depends on his record and how he does and how many how many 
five-star recruits that does he pull in? Because um, the more recruits he starts pulling in, the more notice those other Power Five conferences or somebody is going to take effect. And then someone is going to throw a ton of money at him to bring whatever he's doing down in Jackson State over there. Um, but right now, I think most maybe colleges are looking at it as a, you know, it's Dion being Dion. Let, let's see what happens. The proof of pudding has to either be has to be two things, in my opinion: a, the play on the field, and two, the kind of recruits that he gets. Those are going to be the two things. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, quite frankly, to be honest, I don't really see him leaving until. Jackson State comes a little bit more elevated than where they are right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I, I could see him get to the point where he he considers that he's done all that he can with Jackson State before he moves on. Um, I think he's he has to get to that level of wherever Jackson State is, how far he can take them. And he may get to that point where he may not be able to take them any further before he then he'll start looking at other opportunities. But I think right now he's solely invested in Jackson State until he gets them to where his goals are. Um and then once that's done, then we'll see what his other option he'll look at other options, of course. But I think he's right now fully committed to Jackson State and he's gonna continue to be committed to Jackson State until he does what he you know, until he reaches that goal. And I think it's not Jackson State. I think him HBCUs as of right now. I think that's the great that's where his energy is at. And if he, and if he was to leave and who, who knows, I think I could see him leaving. If Jackson state got to a point where he, he could leave them and they're in good standings and HBCUs are growing. Okay. I agree with that. Um, I wonder if he, I wonder if he'll stay around and be, you know, become iconic like an Eddie Robinson did at Southern um, and be that guy. And I'm curious if Dion will get bored if he constantly has 10 win seasons and constantly wins his, his conference and constantly wins the bowl game. I'm really curious because he made a, a comment last year, maybe, where he said something about, you know, he's not going to – he didn't want to sit there and schedule any Power 5 schools right now because he's not in the interest of trying to collect a check, that he just didn't think he had the talent where he could compete. But I wonder if he goes through it this year and then decides, you know what, he wants to sit there and take on somebody. And I know these schedules are, are done years in advance, but I'm just curious if he's – if Jackson State has the, has the pull – to sit there and bump somebody out to sit there and say, well, you know what? I want to come in there. I want to showcase my talent. I know he's not going to go against Auburn and the SEC, but he might turn around and mess around and play a Vanderbilt or somebody in the lower level of the SEC and say, you know what? Let's let's see what you guys got and see if we could, you know, <coughs> stand up there and take y'all best shot and see if we could turn around and uh, and pull off an upset. I'm curious about that. And if he turns around and does that, then I'm wondering how soon before G5 schools start looking at Jackson State and was like, hmm, I wonder if we should dip down there and pull them up because of Dion. And if Dion decides, you know what, I'm going to stick around here and see if I could take Jackson State 
from a HBCU in the MEAC, the SWAC, to a G5, to a P5. I think that would be very impressive. And if he could pull that off, you know, we have Eddie George at uh, Tennessee State. Um, we got some other big-time NFL players. Don't quote me, but I saw a clip where uh, Ocho Cinco had some FAMU gear on. I don't know if he was FAMU's wide receiver coach or he was just down there this for the game, but if they could start getting more of these stars and turn around and become coaches for HBCUs, I could see where players would gravitate towards those guys if they could start to get that the coaching in place to pull those guys away. If they start pulling those guys away from the uh, the Power Five schools, watch out. I I I don't I, I would I don't want to see the the MEAC and the SWAT go away, but in the same sense, I want them to eat just like everybody else eats. And I want them to get the same opportunities. But that for for that to happen, um, like for Jackson State, Dion would have to stay for not longer than you know, just you know, because if Dion doesn't stay, then all of that is irrelevant for Jackson State to move to any P five conference. So in order for that to happen, they would have to get some type of commitment from Dion that he's going to stay for what five or a certain amount of time where it's suitable for that conference. So um, everything's going to ride on what what Dion does. And if Dion is not in it or if his heart is not invested in Jackson State or all our HBCUs as a whole, then it won't won't really matter at this point. So, Yeah, and for all the HBCUs out there, you know, you know, you know, let it be known, there's one Dion. (laughs) Right. There's not other Dion's out there. It's one prime. And, um, you know, I'm wishing nothing but success to AD George and all the other cats that have uh, taken up coaching positions. But it, it, it's one prime out there. So don't think all the coaches that you have from the NFL that may want to coach there is going to have that same kind of draw that Dion has and it's going to have the same kind of charisma that Dion has. So And also that same type of commitment, too. Yeah, so just want to let them know it's it's one guy, you know, but it's for the HB. I'm I'm glad to see that there's more interest being gen to the HBCUs, but it's going to take a multi-year thing for them to really get the deserve that you know, excuse me, the recognition that they need. And a lot of people forgot a lot of there's been a lot of pro bowlers in the NFL that came from out of HBCUs, so. They've just all started going to these Power Five conferences because everybody wants to be seen and play, you know, bowl games and BCS playoffs, um, which we're about to get into short, you know, shortly. But you know, I would like to see that same kind of, that that recognition put back to those HBCUs that you can grab talent from there. It doesn't always have to come from the the, the P5s or the G5s. There's a lot of talent in there that's being overlooked. And Dion said 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 that very same thing when they had um, the combine a couple of months ago. Bigger than that, you know, and I, I'm just thinking, all these kids grew up to want to be in the NCAA football game for the Xbox or the PlayStation. I wonder if EA is taking advantage and looking at what Dion is doing at Jackson State, and will actually identify Jackson State as a college instead of them being recognized as in older games, they're black college, black colleges and universities or any lower level 
G5 school, which is this FCS East or West or North or South, I wonder if they'll actually take the time out and say, you know what? I think we need to include a Jackson State because they're getting top talent and they may want, you know, so I'm curious if they'll even go that route. And if they do, then you know Dion really shifted the playing field as far as uh, kind of leveling some things, not everything, but at least leveling some things as far as HBCUs being identified as something to be identified in college football as a whole. And I'm really curious if, and I know he ain't listening to this, but if they are, <laughs> you might want to include Jackson State. You may not want to include all of them, but you might want to include Jackson State and maybe a Tennessee State because Eddie George is up there and some of these other universities because they have some prominent NFL players that are running those those organizations. But we could sit there and talk about this all day. Sirs, the NFL is in full swing. The Rams and Buffalo is going on. I have no idea what the score. What's the score? 10-10. Oh, snap. They came back that quick? <laughs> it was 10-7 before we started. Yeah. Well, damn, I was just talking that crap, and I was like, oh, it's 10 nothing. Y'all didn't even correct me. Man, I tell you. I didn't even see the score, actually. Oh, oh you forgot right. about the um the playoffs, senor. Oh, excuse me. What's this? What's, what's oh, yes. Yeah. Let's go back. back. Let's, Let's go back. back. <laughs> <laughs> So an article came out today. An article came out today where they were talking about uh, the possibility of. We already knew that they wanted to explain the playoffs from four to twelve, and they were talking about it being coming into effect in twenty twenty six. Now there's an article coming out today that it possibly can come into effect in twenty twenty four. And I hate to sit there and admit this, Mister Ross. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, but your alma mater is part of the big. And we all know that the big is expanding in 2024 with their two newest acquisitions of USC and US UCLA. I find it very ironic that the committee is now allowing the try, you know, it's, 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 it's very optimal try to get the playoffs to start in 2024. Coincidence, maybe. But, um, I wonder why is the rush? Why do we want to sit there and get this done now before the contract ends in 2025 so it could become great in 2026? Why do we need to push this up two years? Is it because the big has some sort of influence? <laughs> is it that we know the SEC, the SEC is becoming, they'll become full in 2025. What's the point of rushing this? I, I just don't understand. Uh, I, I just want you guys to start. Not sure if you guys read the article or not, but just more so your thought, your just what you what you guys think about it. I mean, smooth. I mean, basically showed the answer <laughs> at this point. I mean, I get it, and 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 yes, it's greed, it's money, but it will only benefit the big in twenty twenty four. So why is everybody, I, I guess what I don't understand is if it was the big commissioner that sat there and shut it down back during the pandemic where we didn't need to address it and expand it because we needed more time. And now that the big that made their move had that whole kumbaya moment with everybody else to say, you know, 
let's let's be hasty. Let's let's get the let's get the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and some of the other conferences together, excluding the Big Twelve, and say that we're not going to do nothing, and then turn around, and then snatch up two squads from the Big Twelve uh, from the Pac-12, and then turn around and say. Yeah, let's go ahead and do 2024. <laughs> That's some shady ass shit, if you ask me. And what's more shady is the fact that everybody's agreeing with it. You want to go out? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Sam. Yes, you're you're the re- you're you are the default representative of the big. You may, if you don't like it or not, just because of your affiliation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why you'd be mad about it. It actually helps out the Big 12 a lot more than it helps out the Big 10. Well, that is also true. Okay. Yes, it might help out the Big 12 <laughs> because Oklahoma and Texas are still within the pack in the Big 12 for one season before they bolt. But right now, the Big 12 is more focused on trying to snatch up some other schools. We're not worried about Texas or Oklahoma right now. We don't care. <laughs> Look, I mean, I don't even think it's the Big Ten really pushing all this, to be perfectly honest. I mean, if you think about it, it's it, to me, when you think about the series of events that happen, you think about what happened before they decided to go to 12. The whole thing about putting guardrails around the transfer portal. And then a week later, call it coincidence or not, all of a sudden, after, like you said, they decided to nix it a year ago, a week after they did that, oh, Let's not go to eight. Let's go to 12. Something that was on the table for the last year and everybody became putting, you know, nah, 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 nah. And all of a sudden you have the, you have the guardrails around transfer portal. And now all of a sudden a week later you have this. I don't think it's much more coincidence. I think it's the NCAA trying to throw out lifelines to kind of put a halt on all of the realignment stuff. To a certain degree, because what was the big thing? A lot of these teams are leaving. Yeah, USC and UCLA are are coming to the Big Ten for the money, and Texas, Oklahoma, the same darn thing. But what's really at it? They know in the Pac-12 or the Big 12, it's hit or miss whether or not they're going to get it. In the Pac-12, probably more so. I mean, excuse me, the Big 12 more so will have a chance in the BCS playoff game than the Pac-12 has been because their conference overall isn't that good. The Big 12 is, in my opinion, better than the Pac-12 overall, but it's all about getting into the playoffs. So now you have four big schools within, what, 12 months dipping from one conference to another conference, and now you have all these older heads nervous about all of your traditional games being played against traditional rivals because they're going to be different conferences People are up in arms about the Pac-12 is about to get dissolved. You know, the Big 12 is worrying about their own health right now. They're trying to grab up teams from the West. Um, the Big 10 is gobbling up, you know, the big fishes. Everybody's waiting on Notre Dame, which now with the conference being moved from 4 to 12, Notre Dame is not going anywhere. They're getting ready to renegotiate their contract. I don't think they're going to move to the Big 10. Well, I don't think they're going to try to force their way out of the ACC unless the ACC completely folds. But I think all of this, in my opinion, not so much the Big 12, more so is about the NCAA trying to rein in all of the stuff that all of the college coaches and all of the ADs have been 
you know, griping about the last four years and two years, too many players running around every year, too many uh, conferences, teams going from one conference to another. And eventually they're going to try to put some guardrails over NIL because I heard Caleb Williams at the USC game with an S550 <laughs> rolling up in the um, rolling up in the parking lot. So NIL money, everything is the Wild West. So I see this not so much as the Big Ten because the Big Ten was going to eat regardless whether or not it was going to be 4 or 12. Um, SEC was going to eat regardless whether it's 4 or 12. Big 12 always has a shot, whether or not it's going to be 4 or 12. I think it's more so everybody else. Pac-12 is, is, was crying. You know, Atlantic Conference is crying. Everybody else is crying because they're seeing four spots, and it usually goes to two ACC teams, a Big 10 team, and if Notre Dame is good and doesn't lose a game, they fuck everybody else over. So now you got 12. You don't have that anymore. Every, everybody has a chance to eat. And I think they're hoping that this will tamper down, you know, the, you know, the, the school, the school realignments to a certain degree. I think schools are going to still going to jump, but I think they're trying to, you know, ease this up. So now, so now everybody has a chance to eat. I, 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 I don't have any arguments or any disagreements with anything you just said. Still seems kind of shysty. <laughs> but then every, every, everything that kind of happened between Texas and Oklahoma moving to SEC to USC to UCLA, all that happening within a year's time, the, you know, just everything that seems, seems a little iffy to me. But I, I don't disagree with you uh, with any of your comments at all. <laughs> I mean, at this point, what else can you say? I mean, it's so spot on. I mean, it's the it's basically just to keep everything on an even playing field. Bottom line, um, for everyone, and I, there's no problem with that. To be honest, um, I'd rather them do it now um, to try and push it now so that they can calm what what's about to happen, um, and that's really what it is. Bottom line. Agreed. Yeah. And for all the college athletes that are eating heavy off the NIL, enjoy it now because mm-hmm. they, they the NCAA is going to find a way to come after that. They're not going to be able to kill it, but they're going to find some way of trying to, you know, rein it in a bit because right now it's, it's the Wild Wild West. Everybody's getting paid. And I wonder if uh, I wonder if they're going to taper down how how jokers are getting paid and for those who have gotten paid i wonder if they're going to go after them taxes wise or anything like that uh moving forward so we shall see we shall see so yes nfl how do we yes it's the nfl kickoff um before we go there let's close with the nfl let's let's take a moment get back to the us open and let's salute a great, a goat, one of the best that ever did it, man, woman, child, whatever. Serena, for at least for a couple nights, making New York electric with her play, with her attitude, with her spunk, with just her, her flair for just bringing excellence to the court. 
Um, Serena, we wish you nothing but the best with your future endeavors. I know it's not the way you would have wanted to end your career. We were all hoping that you would go out there and just end it on a on a note where you just won the U.S. Open and said, you know what, pull an Obama and just drop the mic at the end of your at the end of everything. It didn't quite work out that way, but you know what, man, woman, child, whatever, ain't nobody touching the type of legacy that you left. And we so much, we love you, we appreciate you, and we're so happy that we we're able to watch the growth of you and Venus. You know what I'm saying? Venus, don't don't sleep on Venus because Venus was excellent in her time when she was doing her thing too. Uh, but we just we just witnessed the uh, an era of both of the of the the Williams sisters just going in there and just tearing up tennis like nobody's ever seen. And I doubt we'll ever see anything like that in our lifetime. And we just want to salute you, Venus, for just I'm sorry, Serena, for really just going out there and just being excellence uh, and just doing what you do. So unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't end the way we would have loved, but you still went out there and just did you. Agreed. Um, couldn't say anything more. It was uh, I was able to catch some of the matches, and yeah, it was you know it was a who's who that was in the stands. It looked like more like you know courtside at the NBA All-Star game is most of the U.S. Open. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, she, and I and I hate to use the word goats. I like to say greatest of her era so that you don't upset anybody else or make these comparisons because this is still being played. So it was not over. So she was the best of her era, bar none, no matter, no matter the talent. I agree. Um, I said this before. Um, I agree with your, uh, to be honest, I agree with what you said, greatest of of that, of this era. Um, I completely agree with that more than the gold as well. So I, I, I definitely am in agreement with you on that. But the whole thing about this, um, I know it was a swan song, so to speak. Um, I, I kind of went, I, I would rather all the people that was there for her final song. I kind of wish that they were there throughout her years of playing during the U.S. Open. Um, It would kind of make it more genuine for me instead of just waiting for the last hurrah, so to speak. Um, I think that if they would have done that, could you imagine where the U.S. Open would be in that regard if more stars came there? Um, and show support. And I'm not saying it as a knock to what she's done. I'm just saying in general, like so many people nowadays and so many fans nowadays always do it at a certain spot, at a certain time, um, at a certain moment. Um, Just like with Kobe Bryant, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. um, A lot of people came at his final game to see him do the final performance. And I'm completely fine with that. Um, it's just that I kind of want it to the point where um, we show support not just to Serena, but some of the other people out there as well. Um, I forgot my man's name that um, beat um, the number one seed, um, becoming one of the first Americans to be in the top seed, um, African-American. I forgot his name. Um, but person like him or Coco Golf, 
Um, oh, you're talking about um, Francis Typho? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. From out, of, from out of Maryland. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like, um, I would I rather. Be, yes. I mean, I would. I mean, I get that it was Serena Swan, you know, Swan Song, but I think we also need to encourage to show support to those other athletes out there as well. Uh, I know a couple of them tweeted to him and everything like that, but if we show support like that, it helps encourages um, more people to get into uh, tennis, um, something that Serena would probably would love to see. So, I mean, I get that this was her her moment and everything, but we should continue that going forth and support all our athletes out there that is out there trying to do what they can um, to try to be the next Serena, um, to support that type of legacy going forward. Um, but overall, like I said, greatest of all of our era at this point, um, Serena's professionalism, her grace, her 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 athleticism will not be, is not matched at this particular point. Um, this is something that should be celebrated. Something that um, hopefully people will look up to continue to do going forward. I agree. I agree. We we need to shine on the excellence and the legacy, but we need to accept and realize the new that is being coming and coming forward. And I think uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Tiafio, uh, Tafolio, mm-hmm. or. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's from he's from Hyattsville. Uh, he's doing his thing. And believe it or not, I heard on the radio today that uh, one of the other quarterfinalists uh, went to University of Maryland. So it's some local kids that are up in there in the semifinal. He's the one of them. Obviously, he's not American, but mm-hmm. he's still, you know, an American university that's going up in there and playing. So. Yes, we need to to accept and embrace the youth that are coming up in the same breath that we need to accept the uh, the elders and those who were dominant of the sport for the, within the past 20 years to uh, to to appreciate their greatness and kind of blend naturally into both. And uh, hopefully... Uh, we won't take any shine away from those who actually need it with these young guys and girls who are coming up now. Um, so again, quickly, we salute you, Serena. We salute you, Venus. You know, you guys went out in the first round, I believe, of the doubles. Uh, just wasn't your time. I was hoping that, you know, it could have pulled some magic, but it just didn't work out. So just moving forward now, we just... You know, hopefully when uh, Venus's daughter comes and becomes 14, it's like Tiger's son is about to be uh, be ripping and running down these courses here in a minute. We can sit there and uh, look at Tiger's son and and Serena's daughter is like uh, the next two phenoms that are coming up because they got, you can't say they ain't got the best to teach them. <laughs> Bar none. They got the absolute best to somebody sit, you know, to sit there and bring them up so we we should expect some great things just like Bronny and don't um, get me started. <laughs> I'm just saying you know it just is what it is don't get me started um because <laughs> I, I, now that means that they're just gonna like those they're gonna be on bleacher report gonna be on sports center at the age playing at the age of seven or eight watching videos and highlights of them doing whatever it is that their parents used to do at an early, 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 early age. And 
Dude, you don't have to I go mean, there, man. But uh-huh. I mean, but, but just look at yeah, it. So you don't look, have to go there. <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't. But think about when Tiger and his son did that pro-am a couple of months ago within the past year. And everybody was praising Tiger's son during that pro-am. It's just a matter of time, sir. So, you, I mean, we might as well just swallow it and just accept it. I don't know if he'll ever be as good as his father, but we just accept the fact that Tiger's son is coming on the golf course. Serena's daughter will be coming on the tennis court. You know, just we just have to accept it. Bronny's children are coming up on the basketball court. That's another conversation for another day because I have I my agree. opinion about I all agree. of that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I have all right. Very so, strong opinions about all of that. But so I, we'll we'll pick that up another time. But to kind of close it and round out the uh, the show tonight, we, I'd be remiss to sit there and not talk about the NFL. I know the MLB is coming down the home stretch of September. Hey, but, Aaron Judge. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, mm. Yeah, that's another story. Exactly. That's another topic. To be honest. <laughs> and we'll touch that next week. It's nothing, yes. it's nothing to touch right now. Yes, <laughs> but NFL's in full swing. Um, Buffalo and uh, LA Rams are playing right now. Um, I believe LA is back up. I think. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo is up seventeen. Buffalo seventeen ten. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's foosball time, but you know, it's just—is that—is this that time of year? You guys excited? Um, do we want to make any predictions now in week zero? Who we think is going to come out and be Super Bowl champions? You know, and just kind of just, or do we want to sit there and wait a week and then make our predictions? Let's wait a week uh, until we talk and and we get fully invested in the NFL, all NFL. Um, okay. We can do it that way. Um, okay. I because I have a feeling that that's going to be another as another podcast in itself. True. <laughs> so, True. Uh, yeah. True. Um, True. and we can make all our predictions then. Um, at this point, but okay. um, I, I to be honest, I'm. I, I mean, since I'm talking about it now, I'm excited about football because there's so much that is unknown right now. Um, so many changes, so many roster moves, uh, so many stories, so many um. People starting and not starting. Um, people, so many injuries. Uh, so it's exciting. It's an exciting time. I mean, it's rare um, that you got so much that's going on, um, especially with the unpredictability of so many teams out there nowadays. So I'm, I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely invested in the games that are being played right now. So am I. It's happy to you know get get it back. You know, I think this first week is going to probably be like. Last year's first week is probably it's going to be a glorified fourth game of the uh, no, let me phrase that it's going to be a glorified week three of preseason because <laughs> the first half it was, I mean, yeah, the Bills went down the first play, the first drive and scored, but after that, it was very sloppy a lot of fumbles, a lot of a lot of miss, miss calls, miscues, defense was definitely you know, a little warmer than the offensive beginning. So I anticipate at least for week zero, week one, we have one to call it a lot of sloppy football. But you got to love it. Well, from baseball and what I saw from Buffalo, it wasn't nothing sloppy about them in the first quarter. Them Not the first drive. It was, it was, it was, it was, first drive, they went right down the score. After yep. that, it was a, it was a little – it got very with some interceptions, fumbles, so it was a little shaky. But I think by after the first week, 
because you think about it, they no one's really played. I mean, you got this, you know, the, the inter team scrimmages during practice. Mm-hmm. No one's really, no one's really playing in the in the preseason. Um, so this first week is going to be everybody with the live bullets going. And I think that's that's a side effect of only having three preseason games and no one really playing. I mean, damn, man. Aaron Rodgers told the Packers, yeah, I ain't playing. <laughs> Tom Brady was like, yeah, I, I, I had some issues I had to take care of, so I ain't going to be here for about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, he does have some issues that he has to take care of. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of things coming out there, yeah. coming out there that, that ain't good. Not at all. Not at so, all. And we um, have, you know, Lamar Jackson. I, I hope he's not going to get a contract done, I don't think, unless we get surprised tomorrow. But I, I pray and hope that the kid doesn't get hurt this season coming through. Right. Right. He's betting on himself. and That's that Aaron Judge movement. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Judge is a little injury prone too, and he's, you know, luckily hasn't had an injury. <laughs> Right. Everybody else standing there on the Yankees has been hurt. So he can only hope that he can go through a 17-game season and not get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, or just hope that he can sit there and play a few games and they can work something out in the first couple of weeks of the season. But I, like you, I pray that he can sit there and secure his contract. Um, I hope you know what he's doing. Betting on himself, you can't, you can't lose betting on yourself. Um mm-hmm. But you gotta go out there and perform. So if he's not gonna go out there and perform, then uh, yeah. So football is back, man. Or I like to say, foosball is back. <laughs> uh, it's gonna, and you know, it's the the fastest seventeen weeks in 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 the year. When you sit there and think about all the games that kind of come by, it's like you remember the first 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 kick of the first game of the first week. And next thing you know, it's mid-February, and the Super Bowl has come up. You're like, where the hell did them five months go? Six months ago. There you go. So, I have a question yeah. before we break to the to the resident 49ers fan. I haven't had a chance to ask you this directly. <laughs> okay. I was actually waiting to get you here before putting it through chat. <laughs> Jimmy G. I actually yeah. thought he was going to be going or cut, but the 49ers – Surprisingly, worked out a contract deal and giving them six what six million? Yeah, six point two five million. With some incentives, for one more right. year with incentives that he's probably not going to get unless they made the incentives very low. Um, right. How do you feel about Jimmy G being brought back? Because I know you had mentioned that he's going to get traded. I don't. They're not talking about they're going to trade him unless they've really blown a whole lot of smoke up a whole bunch of people's asses, but. What do you, what do you um, think about that? I thought it was really interesting that considering the Joker was supposed to get like $21, $22 million and they restructured his contract where he only gets six. To me, it's a very team-friendly deal. In the scenario that is a team needs a quarterback, nobody was willing to trade for a quarterback that's worth $21 million. But if you're telling me that he's only worth six, then yes, you're willing to trade and the 49ers may be willing to get something better than a seventh-round pick or a six-round pick because now he's very shoppable 
and it should be worth something more than just a seven round pick because now he's worth twenty one million dollars in trade. Uh, with that being said, I'm not thrilled that they did this, but it made sense. You know, if you can't find nobody, and I think even he understands, like, he doesn't want to be there, but nobody's willing to trade for me based off of my injury, my surgery, didn't really play any preseason. And my salary doesn't make it so that I'm tradable and doesn't want to be just kind of sitting there. So hopefully by them mutually agreeing to this sort of a contract that everybody kind of, it just works like a kumbaya kumbaya moment for everybody. And that the right team at the right time will come across. I still believe that Seattle might come as much as I would love to see Gino uh, flourish up in Seattle. You know, his track record isn't really all that great. So Seattle doesn't have a necessarily bad team. But if we put a halfway decent quarterback in there, they should be at least competitive in the NFC West. Um, But then again, you also have teams like Houston, um, some other teams that are just not that great. Cleveland, if they feel as though they have, if uh, Tyrod Taylor doesn't come in there and do what he needs to do, and they have a squad. You mean Jacoby Brissett? Yes, Jacoby Brissett. My apologies. If Jacoby Brissett doesn't go in there and do what he needs to do. They have a team that's worthy of winning prior to Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson coming in there and playing. Uh, I think Cleveland may be quick to pull the trigger in the first month to kind of salvage whatever season that they have um, before letting Jacoby Brissett kind of just tank the whole season. So I guess it's just a matter of just wait and see. Hell, you got to you got a whole tour situation that if Tua doesn't work out, you have a damn good squad in Miami that needs a quarterback. So 49ers were kind of smart in doing what they were doing. Hell, the Giants ain't that great, but you trying to tell me that if Daniel Jones was sticking up the place that they wouldn't go trade for uh for uh for Jimmy G at six million? Why not? What they got to lose? What, what literally? What they got to lose? Who's who's your backup quarterback? Tyron Taylor. Yeah, you, they'll go ahead and trade for Jimmy G. <laughs> no, they won't trade for him. You know what they're gonna lose? What? Draft order. Oh, so you're thinking they want to tank to try to get one of the better quarterbacks? They don't want nobody coming in that's gonna make things better than what it is. They're in a complete rebuild mode. You're already unsure about your quarterback as it is now. So why bring in Jimmy G that might miraculously make things better? <laughs> yeah, and but you get a QB on the cheap. You don't want that. You want to get a QB on the more cheap <laughs> by going in the draft. <laughs> but then why would you want to sit there and draft a QB knowing that you have a QB right here that took the took a team to an NFC championship and a Super Bowl? They want and their own man. Uh, I told you this I, before. I feel you. I feel they, you. That's why they want their own man. Giants are not. If Giants could have picked, well, no. Let me phrase that. The Giants probably, if they wanted to, they couldn't because they're cap strapped. Okay. <laughs> so. <Ace. laughs> Hey, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, yo, Jimmy G is not going nowhere. 
<laughs> Jimmy right G is now, not yeah. going nowhere. I agree. For right now, he's not <laughs> going anywhere. You, you can't. I mean, at this particular point, negotiations for Jimmy G is over. <laughs> ah. <laughs> for this season, negotiations for Jimmy G is over. Such haters, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I this way. To, to me, I think it's not the same. It's not apples to apples with the Cleveland and the 49ers situation. But it's damn near all it's, – it's eerily similar where Cleveland wanted to get rid of him. He had a big, you know, payday for his last contract. You know, the Panthers wanted him, but they didn't want to pay that money. Right. And so eventually Cleveland, in order to get him out the damn door, <laughs> had to be willing to take on half or a little bit more than half of that contract. The 49ers, they wanted to get Trey Lance in there. They didn't have the same kind of issues with Jimmy G that Cleveland have with Baker Mayfield, but the situations are sort of similar. If they really, really wanted to, you know, to get him out the door, and if somebody really, really want him, they could have been like, yeah, we'll take him, but we ain't paying 23 mil. You take on 80% of that, we'll take him. The 49ers just didn't want to do it. Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. The, the, the Browns wanted to do it. I mean, yeah, they got um, they got Jacoby Brissett and whoever they got in the quarterback room, but they know they know they got Deshaun Watson coming in week eleven. They got Trey Lance. They don't know, and he ain't been looking good. So that's why he's still there, just in case he goes bad. But if he looks good, then I agree with you. They're gonna find they're gonna find a partner by trade deadline. If if he is who they think they is and he looks good, Jimmy G's gonna. He won't go to Seattle because they ain't going to trade him to Seattle. But they'll trade him. They'll trade him to the AFC. You're right. Houston or somebody will be willing to take Miami. Him. Don't sleep at on six tour. million is a very is a very manageable cap hit than per se twenty three. But I agree. Wow, you're stuck with him for the foreseeable future. <laughs> and your coach, and God forbid, he your coach kind of basically said that at this point. He's like, this is my insurance policy, just in case. Right. Because I think they're looking at Trey Lance like, we think you are, but we really, 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 really ain't sure. Unlike Kansas City, where they's like, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he the real deal. Alex Smith, I know you was in the Pro Bowl and you got us in the playoffs. So long. (laughs) (laughs) No hesitation whatsoever. Right. Right, right, right. All right, fellas. Well, I think we have uh, come to a point where we have hit our mark for the for the evening. It's foosball time back in America, college and pro. You got baseball winding down. Baseball playoffs about to step up. The and the WNBA about to have their championship game uh, step up here real soon. Tammy Candace Parker. Hey, hey. Tennis is coming up with the U.S. Open Championship. Uh, the, the NBA is about to kick up and get their practices started. Hockey is about to come up and get their their, their practices started. Right now is, is, a, is a sportsman's dream where there is literally every sport that you could think of on TV right now that you can sit there and avoid your wife if you need to sit there and avoid your wife. Or just be bored and go to a sports bar and have a drink. Or just be lonely and just need something to watch. Either way, you have three avenues for three different men to sit there and just be happy 
this is the time of year to be happy. So, with that being said, fellas, <laughs> <laughs> where can folks find you? <laughs> Maybe at a sports bar this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and the gram at J.E. Ross, number seven. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. And you can call me. You can find me on that bird or that Twitter at uh, uh, your burner account. Yes, Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three. That's Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three on Twitter. I had to sit there and think about that. I always say that wrong. I don't know why. <laughs> burner. <laughs> well, fellas, it's always a pleasure. Uh, We'd like to thank everybody for coming out, tuning in. I have no idea who the, the one person that said F-A-J in our comments. But, dude, you listened in. You tuned in. We appreciate you. I don't know what the hell that means. But if you want to sit there and put in your last two cents before this gets over, by all means, drop your last little message in there so we understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> but if not, then we appreciate everybody for, time in, uh, for, for tuning in, uh, subscribing. We love you. Uh, please continue to ask the questions. Please continue to give us suggestions. We appreciate it. With that being said, have a great rest of your week, a great weekend. Until next week, 